All right. Good morning, everyone. The chaos has subsided. I've got number six here, Geordie. All right. Um, obviously, the XP3 crew have just left, but thank you to the XP3 crew who can't hear me anyway, but um, good to have them up and helping and getting involved. Uh, good to see a lot of people here. Good to see a few people I've never seen before. Welcome. Um, hope you feel like you've, you know, you enjoy your day and hope you feel like you, you belong here and part of your family. Um, today, uh, we often at Refresh here, we often uh, do series uh, of talks and we just came off the back of a series uh, last few weeks and next week we're going to start a new one, but today's a one-off and today we, we've, I guess we've called this going public uh, and right from the start I'll tell you what it's all about. Uh, we, we were talking today about um, baptism and experiences of baptism and that's why we sort of, sort of you know, started to prime up a little bit with Cameron getting up talking about his, his experience and different things and, and these other guys about you know, how they enjoy refreshing different things. But this, before we start, before we start now, I know this is, like I said, going public, baptism, now if, you, if this is your first time to a church and you don't even know what baptism is, then just hang in there, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, but for many of us, we might already have a pretty good concept for, for a lot of us, no doubt, that you have already been baptised or you sort of know what that's all about, which is good, wherever you are, that's cool. But what I wanted you to do, I want, seems we've titled this going public, all right, that's what, that's what our talk is about and that's sort of what baptism is, it's about going public for Jesus, um, what I thought we'd do is instead of just Neil standing up the front and standing in public, so to speak, I'm going to get you to help me out going public, if you'd like to, okay, so no pressure. But what I want you to do, what I'd like someone to do, or a few of you, is I've got this extra microphone here, right? I'm not going to ask you to come up the front because no one likes to get up in public, right? That's, I get that. But we're talking about going public, so I might even come to you. But what I want you to think about and maybe just share is three things. Okay, if you are being baptised, now if you haven't been baptised, that's cool and I'm really hoping there's a lot of you here that haven't been baptised because that means that maybe Refreshers, you know, is helping you on your journey, so that's, that's fantastic, glad you're here. But if you have been baptised, what I'd like to hear from you, and I, mean, I might try and get like six or eight or ten, I don't know how many we'll get through here in a minute, but this will be really quick. When were you baptised, as in how old you were? Um, where were you baptised? And just one memory, like it could be the water was cold, okay? Or it could be it was raining, I don't know, whatever it is, okay? It doesn't have to be like the most significant event, I don't want you to get up here and give you a sermon, although if you'd like to, I'm, I'm happy to sit down and you can take over, that would be cool too. But just one event, so is that, is that cool? So think about it, if you've been baptised, how old were you, where were you, and one thing, just one, one little snippet of information that happened on that day. Now we're going to go public, okay? You ready for this? We're going to go public. So I'm not going to like stick, I'm not going to like make you say something, but, but I'm going to have a start. So don't feel, too, don't feel too embarrassed or ashamed. Hi, I'm Kelly. Um, I was baptised three years ago down at Redcliffe Waterfront. Um, it was freezing cold on that day and I got baptised as the sun was going down. And I remember before I went into the water, I prayed for God to, it was literally freezing, for God to make me not feel the cold and both me or the pastor, it actually felt warm during that period when we got baptised. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Kelly, baptised three years ago. All right. Melissa. I got baptised when I was in year 11, the end of year 11, so I guess that's what, 17 years ago. Oh, you want to say how long ago that was, do you? Is that what you're saying there? Okay, yeah, no, keep going. Long, long time ago. <laughs> 
Um, it was at our school speech night. Um, it ran for a whole weekend down there in Melbourne. So it was on the Saturday afternoon. And they have a really beautiful outside baptismal font with, you know, tree sort of hanging over and beautiful rose petals all through the water. And I remember my dad accidentally put a black and white um, film into his oh. camera. So we've got all these beautiful black and white beautiful black and white. of it. <laughs> but there's <laughs> no colour involved. It's yeah, a Melbourne grey day. <laughs> all right, it's got lots of black and white memories. Okay, anyone else? Sure, there's some here. Oh, you can just pass the microphone along. That's just so fine. Start with you, Caitlin. So my name's Caitlin. Um, I was baptised when I was 14 years old, just after finishing eighth grade. Um, I was baptised at a place called Pool of the Winds, which is in uh, the gorge in Oregon. And has anyone else had that like Pool of the Winds? <laughs> no, has anyone else been baptised anywhere as good as Pool of the Winds? So it was That's in a, cool. a stream that um, has this massive big waterfall going down into a punch bowl and then just down from that was just like a little pool area. And it was glacial water, so literally, if Is you think yours was cold, I can probably <laughs> bet mine was colder. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I remember, though, is um, it, was, it meant a lot to me because everyone hiked up to this place, and it was like two miles in, and um, even my grandma hiked up, and uh, I just remember everyone looking down. There was a bridge kind of overlooking the waterfall, and um, me down in the middle with the pastor, and it just felt like very um, spirit-filled because it was in this beautiful place. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm Kristen. I was baptised when I was 12 and a half. It was important at that point that it was 12 and a half. That's right. Um, you, were, you were nearly 13. That's how that's you described it. it and I was baptised like 28th, 29th of December. So it was right in between Christmas and New Year and I was the last baptism for the year for that church. Um, and I distinctly remember, I'm not sure whose idea it was, but I was wearing one of those traditional baptismal gowns with the weights in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And I remember putting it on and just feeling so strange and in some like white angel costume kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's my memory. Awesome. All right, different memories. Yeah, that's right, just pass the microphone along. Like I said, we can go, <laughs> I can do this one next week to talk. No, thank I'm, you. I'm Desiree and I was also baptised at 12. Um, I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, um, right at the end of primary school and it was in the church that I had grown up in and I went on to get married in that church as well and I got baptised with my best friend. We were in the font together and got baptised at the same time. Awesome. I was baptised when I was 13 and I was really nervous and it wasn't because I was getting baptised, it's because the guy before me was seven foot two, the pastor was six foot five, and when he, when he laid the seven foot two guy down in the font, he scraped his head all the way down the <laughs> font, and I'm sitting there looking on, and I'm next. <laughs> so, fond memories, yeah. Fond memories, fond memories. All right. Got one over here. Good. I was going to say, we need someone on this side of the room. Thanks, Keith. You're hogging it over there. Um, I was baptised, a bit different to most of you guys. I was an adult, I was 25, and uh, married... Uh, baptised with Linda on the same day, same font, same pastor. And um, one thing that I remember vividly from the day of baptism is something that I'm really proud of refresh would never, ever happen here. <laughs> uh, uh, truly. And um, I was the only, and still am, apart from my kids, um, the only Adventist in the family. And um, everybody thought we were joining a cult, you know, and it was all a bit weird. And uh, I, I had to persuade my mum to come 
to, to the baptism and she didn't really want to come but she, she came anyway and uh, all she wanted at the end because it was a potluck lunch you know typical traditional Adventist gig you know and um, I wanted to get her something to eat and she didn't want, wasn't interested in anything. She said, all I want is a cup of tea. And we couldn't give her one. And that was the day I joined the church and I thought, that's not right, you know. If we're going to be relevant to people, we've got to be, um, we've got to offer something of normality, something that's, that we're not odd. Because everyone had a cup of tea at home, they just didn't have one at church. Yeah. So, uh, so that, yeah kind of drove me a little bit in this direction for the rest of my life. Cool. Well done, Keith. Hi, my name is Henry, and um, I come from a Catholic background. So all my family lived in France. I lived in France for 14 years. We were Catholic, and... Unfortunately, that's the way it is. They don't follow it. They, they just take up that religion because most of the people do it. So they don't just want to fit in society. So originally, I was baptized around the age of one or something like that with water, not Holy Spirit. So as the years went on, uh, we moved to New Caledonia for three years. From that point on, my parents thought, oh, well, what's the point? We don't need to be Catholic anymore because we don't need to fit in society. So all the family just became atheist. So similar to the French Revolution, so thinking, um, no God. So then we moved to Australia after that. That was eight and a half years ago. And I met my wife. about five years, four years ago, yeah. And she introduced me to Seventh-day Adventist. And um, I went to church a few times and I started to like it a bit. And then I decided to go on to deeper levels and take some Bible studies with my father-in-law. And so we ended up not going to the church as much, but rather Bible study, and this is still my preference, and I can recommend that to anyone else. Study the word for yourself. And I got baptized last year with the water and with the Holy Spirit. And it was about that time of the year. It was really hot, and I got baptized at the Croix um, Botanical Garden and that, that's my memory, it was steaming, steaming hot last year and went to the water, it was so refreshing. So that's, that's my experience and my wife and I just recently moved to um, Brisbane from the Sunshine Coast. So, yeah. Hey, excellent, that's a great story, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, that's cool. Welcome to Refresh, by the way, I haven't seen you here, so very, very big welcome to you. One more? Is there one more? That's okay if it's not. Thanks, Melissa. All right. I know there might be more and there's plenty of other people, but Melissa, you've got the last one. I didn't want to talk into the microphone. Um, I was actually baptised in the Jordan River in Israel 
And so that was really special. Um, yeah. That's, that's just like you're just bragging now or something. Sorry. Like, all right, <laughs> keep, really keep going. We're listening. We're listening. All right. Um, but it was, yeah, it was amazing because in the water um, there was all these fish that would eat um, your skin, the dead skin, and yeah, it was pretty gross. It was really. I was. I just remember trying to focus on what I was doing and not on the fact that I was. Like, I'm so ticklish, so I was not <laughs> handling it very well. Um, but when I was in the water, uh, Wayne French, the man who baptised me, he turned to me and he said, this is like God taking away all the dead skin of your life and revealing the new skin underneath. So awesome. it was really special. Fantastic. Thank you, Melissa. Um, I didn't actually see, I've never seen in, you know, in the Gospels where, where John the Baptist had uh, little sucker fish, you know, chewing away on your skin, but it might be there, I just haven't seen it yet. No, cool stories. Hey, I'm really, th- really grateful for every story that was shared. Um, and I'll tell you the reason why. In other, there's a couple of things. First of all, I don't know about you, but even just listening to like this much of a couple of people's stories inspires me. It actually, oh, wow, that's so cool. That's a great story. That's, that's an awesome to, to, I don't know, I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit, but, you know, to give us that um, the encouragement or just that little bit of excitement, think, wow, you know, the Holy Spirit's at work and this is what happened when I was baptised and this is how it was for me and this was my experience and that was, and everyone has a little bit of a different experience and I'm really glad um, that, that we got to share these different experiences because I guess as, as people, um, like some of us, obviously have a Christian background, I know there's plenty of people here that born and, you know, born a Christian and raised a Christian, raised a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, or you might be, have been, you know, your family might have been a, a Christian of another flavour, so to speak, uh, and that's cool. Or there might be people who, who come from more of a completely unchurched, non-God environment, or they might come from, like, say, a Catholic background or something where, where there's a sprinkling and, and all that, so there's, there's all these different experiences that people have. And, and, and that's cool, that's, that's your background and that's, that's fine. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess today, I, want to, uh, I just want to drill down a little bit and talk about this experience of baptism. And I'll say right from the start, okay, I there's, no, uh, there's no like secret agenda, I'll tell you right from the start, here, here it is, ready? Here's the punchline, normally we wait for like towards the end of a talk to give a punchline, I'm going to give you the punchline right now. The punchline is, if you're not baptised... I, and I think, you know, refresh, we would love to see you baptised, okay? So that's the punchline, okay? So, and if you know someone who, who might not be baptised, that's not here or whatever, I'd love to see people encouraged, not pressured, not like forced into it, not talking about that, I'm not talking about, you know, putting a guilt trip on you, not at all, but there's something pretty special about baptism. Uh, so that's the punchline, okay? So no hidden agenda, you know, as we go through here, you're thinking, oh, okay, you're, it's going to come, the punchline. All right, I'm giving you at the start, so quite open and honest about what we're talking about. Um... But obviously, this can become a bit of an uh, uh, emotional thing sometimes. Um, there are certainly, certainly some people who, who you know, tradition, they, they may have been christened as a young child or, you know, baptised as an infant and that's, that's sort of what you're meant to do and even though I don't go to church anymore, that's still what we're meant to do or there's certainly other people who, you know, if you look through, look through the ages of time in history, there were people who died... Um, just because they wanted to be baptised a certain way and someone else said they shouldn't be, and they said, no, no, I'm prepared to stake my life on this. Okay, so it's, it certainly has, has been, a, has been a, um, a topic, I guess, that, um, that's been talked about a lot over, over the years through, you know, through Christianity. Why do we baptise? All right, what's this whole thing? And, and, and some of you might, there may be someone here sitting here and goes, I don't even know what you're talking about, Neil. I've heard this baptism thing and maybe you don't even really understand what it is all, is all about. Maybe you've never seen 
uh, seen that. And if that's you, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first of all, we'll talk about the whole idea of what baptism is and why would we do it. I'm going to throw a verse up, and James will go to that first one in Matthew 28, verse 19. Now, this, just to give you a little bit of background on this text, this is, this is a instruction, I guess, that Jesus gave his disciples. So his closest followers, his, the guys he's tra- trained up over the last few years, he says to these guys, he says, he says, this is what I want you to do. He's about to leave, he's already, he's already died on the cross at this stage, he's, he's come back to life and he's, and, he's, and he's ready to, I guess, depart and go back to heaven. And he says, this is what I want you to do. He says, no, we'll read the text, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Actually, go to verse 20, we'll read that and then we'll come back to verse 19. He says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the earth. All right, so let's go back to that 19 for us, please, James. So he says here to these guys, he says, I want you to go and I want you to baptise people. Uh, and I want you to baptise them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, what I want you to do, I want you to go and baptise people into the association and to be associated with the Father, God the Father, God the Son and the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to actually go and I want you to, I guess, create members of our family. I want you to go and find new family members to bring into, into this group, this special group, and I want you to, to baptise them. And this baptism is this, is this, I guess, in some ways, a symbolic association of, of being part of God's family. And he said, I'd really love you to come and, and to formally, and to, and to get these, uh, to help people understand, teaching them about Jesus, teaching them his ways, all that sort of stuff, but to baptise people into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, into the association um, that we have. Uh, pretty much throughout Christianity, everyone agrees, pretty much everyone agrees that, you know, the baptism is an important thing. Probably on how that happens, there's probably still a little bit of debate, you know, you talk about christening and infant baptism and, and some of else, you know, a few, few others of you may be in that situation as well where that's what happened to you when you're a young person. Um, but, but we're going to have a look at this, this interesting word, baptism because the word in bat like i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little bit heavy on on you this morning maybe just for a little while okay so i want you to try and stay with me but i want to talk about that word baptism now the word baptism in the bible um i guess in some ways is not translated from the original language which is greek so the uh, the new testament this is what we read you know we just read this part here in matthew originally it was written in greek which is not english obviously it's been translated into english um, but we still have this word baptism. Now, when it was translated, it really wasn't translated because baptism isn't really a, an English word. Does that make sense so far? Like, so, so we have, bap, the original Greek is the word baptizo, okay? so you can understand, okay, baptism, baptizo sort of sounds the same, all right? So the reason, I, it'll, come, it'll become clear exactly why I'm telling you this. So the word baptizo was literally just put down into the English language and it sort of, they just followed the same letters, um, if you want to spell baptizo, it's bravo, alpha, pi, I don't know, whatever it is, bap- iota, tor, like B-I- basically it's B-A-P-T, and so it follows the English language. So it just was literally was like, there's no, there's no like, translation as such, it's just here's a word, there's a word, and it's translated straight into. Now, if we were translating the word God, for instance, into the English language, just to give you a little bit of background, in the Greek it would be theos, God, in English... That, that says God. So Greek, Theos, English, God. Greek, Theos. Um, Artos, 
In Greek? English is bread. Okay, so there's two words that I actually remembered from Avondale College. That's about it, because I did fail a couple of those subjects. Um, so this is, this is about as good as I get with the Greek. All right, so you won't get too much more after this. But, but the word baptizo pretty much came across as baptism. Like there's no, there's no real, does that make sense? There's no real translation, like what is, but if you actually go back to the original word baptism, it really has nothing to do with religion. In fact, it doesn't have anything to do with, it doesn't have anything to do with some sort of ceremony, it doesn't have anything to do with what happened when you were 12 or 15 or, or 24 or, you know what I mean, or giving your life to Christ, it has no connotation whatsoever. The word baptizo literally means, literally, it means to dunk, sink, immerse, put under, um, that sort of a connotation. So, you know, you could literally uh, baptizo your carrot or something to have tea. Like, that's literally, you know what I'm saying? It's literally is just to, to wash, your, you wash your carrot or you could, um, in fact, if we go to, there's another verse I think we've got up there, Mark, the next, next one there. Yeah, when they came, let, just, this is just for a little example. When they came from the marketplace, this is just an example, uh, they do not eat unless they wash. That word wash in the Greek is actually baptizo. All right, so you understand what I'm saying? So this has been translated in this instance because of the context. Uh, then they observe many other traditions such as the baptizoing. That's not really a word, but I won't go into the Greek uh, stuff because I actually don't know it. Um, uh, washing of cups and pitching and kettles. So in other words, what they're saying here is this, this word baptizo is just literally, literally, literally means to dunk, put under. In fact, you could baptizo a ship if it sunk. Um, just go back a couple of there, just back to that uh, Matthew 28, 19 things changed. Um, so this word literally baptizo doesn't really have a religious connotation. It's not something you do when you're, when you're six months old or 12 months old. It's not something to do when you give your heart to Christ. This I'm talking in the original context. This word baptizo is just really um, putting something underwater, immersing something. Now, we don't have a real lot of history of what we, we, we talk about baptism, as Christianity might know it, and baptism by immersion, as it's often referred to in some Christian churches, and that's how we often talk about it as a Seventh-day Adventist and, and many others as well. It's about this, this, this procedure or this, this, this act or whatever it is of, of actually putting someone completely underwater. And you might think, why do we need to do that? If I love Jesus, why do I need to, what's the whole ceremonial thing? Do I really need to go through that to get to heaven? We'll talk about that in a minute. But this whole baptizo, this whole being put under, um, put under and, and going underwater um, really came about and the first real records, the first biblical records at least was, was this guy named John. And, and you know, if I asked how many, probably most of us could probably say, yeah, John the Baptist. Okay, so John the Baptist, when we read about it in the Bible, John the Baptist was his first guy. We don't have a real lot before that. There is some history, there is some evidence that, that, um, uh, that even the Jews used to, uh, well, not so much the Jews, but if there was a Gentile, like a non-Jew, all right, so there's, the Jews were like God's chosen people, and, and if there was these Gentiles, which basically meant other than Jew or not Jew, all right, so that's why they called, like the Jews just call others Gentiles, they're all Gentiles, you're either one of us or you're one of them, so you're a Gentile. And if a Gentile wanted to become a Jew because they liked the idea of this one God, they liked the whole process of, of you know, of putting away their other stuff and they really wanted to become a Jew, there's this, this sort of, there is some evidence to suggest that they were, they were, there was this process of being baptised and not baptised by someone else but it was just this ceremonial washing they did by themselves. You might say the jury's still out on that, but some people say it doesn't really happen, some say it did. 
But there's a little bit of like history, but really the first biblical evidence of this is this guy called John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a special prophet from God. He was sent, he was sent with a, pretty much a single message uh, that he was to go and prepare the way for Jesus. He was actually Jesus' cousin. He went before Jesus. And, and if, we go to, um, if we go to those next lot of verses there, James, um, in Mark, I think it is, uh, Matthew 3, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, keep going, mate, uh, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, this, is, this, is who was, this is who was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord and make him straight for a path. And then just hold there. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. Okay, this guy was weird. Okay? Let's just, just be real honest with that, all right? Like, this guy was unusual. Uh, and I don't know, well, maybe, maybe he was normal and everyone else ate like that. But they certainly, the, you know, the Bible writers pointed out that this guy was, this is how he dressed and this is what he ate and this is where he worked. And, and, it, and it certainly comes across as this guy's a bit unusual. But he's out in the Jordan River, where Melissa has been, um, and... And he's baptising. He's baptising people. And so he gets this nickname, I guess you'd say, or he becomes known as John the Baptist. Now, we always, and if you've been around church circles for a while, you John the Baptist, yeah, we've heard of that guy, yeah, John the Baptist. But really, like, if you're a local, you're calling him John the Dunker. Right? Or John the, I don't know, Dipper. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is exact, that's, that's, that's who this guy is. Uh, he, gets this, he gets this nickname for dipping, dunking people. Um, I don't know, maybe like when you're at school and there's, you know, always one kid when you go swimming who always annoys you and tries to drown, you know, like, okay, that's, this is like, he's got this nickname, he's got this reputation, this is what he does and this is why he does it. But his message is, his message is quite clear, it says repent. Every time he talks to somebody, he says repent. In fact, he said there's something really special about to happen, there's something really special on its way and I've come to tell you about that and I've come to help you out with that and he says, I want you to repent and, and when people did repent, there was this, there was this thing that they started to do and no one seems to, there's no real, writing to, there's no real writings in the Bible to suggest that this is a new practice, okay? It sort of seemed fairly, fairly accepted by the time we hear about it so we don't know exactly the history of that but, but when they did repent he would take them down to the river and he would baptise them. In other words, he would just simply sink them. He would dunk them. And if you get, look back in the Old Testament, there's some, old, there's some um, I guess there's some ceremonial washing type stuff that you could sort of say, oh, I get that, why they would do that? Um, you know, if people had a skin disease, they'd go and wash themselves and then they'd go and declare themselves clean to the priests and all this sort of thing. But, but John the Baptist used to dip or dunk, baptise these people and once they did, they were like associated with him. They were like, it's, I guess in some ways it's like saying, I agree with your message. But this message was, you need to repent, you need to, to get yourself right because if you don't get yourself right, you're going to miss out on some pretty cool stuff that's about to come. Get yourself right, repent and turn to the God. And that was his message and that's what he did. And people, people were flocking to him. People, he had a message that was very popular, even though he was unusual and he's out in, out in the sticks a little bit. And, and he came and people came to him and were baptised. Jesus came along um, a little bit later and I guess just as, G, just as John was baptising people, telling everyone that, you know, someone's greater is going to come, who is, who is, you know, greater than I, Jesus comes along and, and John basically turns around and says, look, 
just one day he's out there doing his stuff, he's preaching, he's baptising, he turns around and, and here he is. Here he is, on the, here he is walking up to the riverbank. Here's this guy, Jesus, and he just goes, he's here. I've been told, I've told you he's coming. Here he is. Here he is right now. And then Jesus does this weird thing. And if you know the story, you know what I'm going to say, but if you don't, listen to it. Jesus does this weird thing. Because here, John has been talking about repenting. Turn, turn, you know, stop doing bad stuff. Just come clean. Let's start again and let's get this thing right. And then once they did, they were baptised and they said, yep, we agree with your message. We want to be associated with what you're saying, John. We, want, we agree with what you're saying. Jesus comes along and says, hey, John, I want you to baptise me. And John just looks at him and thinks, what? Why, why would you do that? Why, like Jesus, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to baptise you. You need to be baptising me. And, and Jesus turns around and says, no, 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 I need to baptise you. And have, I don't know if anyone, if you've been around church circles for a while, has anyone ever thought, why would Jesus need to be baptised? If, if John's message was repent, and we talk about it, if you've been in church, you know, if you've heard of, you know, you've seen a baptism or heard people talk about baptism and, it's, and it talks about, you know, that you're sort of making a new start and you're turning from your old ways and that's certainly what John's message was. It's his message of repenting and all that sort of stuff. Why would Jesus, why on earth would Jesus want to be baptised? Jesus comes along and says, John, I agree with what you're saying. I agree, I believe that what your message is is fair dink and it's right. And Jesus says, I want to be a part of that. And he wants to be associated with what this movement is. And he says, I want to be part of this group. And he says, and you need to baptise me. They have a little argument for a few sentences. Jesus wins, funnily enough. And Jesus is baptised. And then, then there's... And the Holy Spirit comes down, there's all sorts of other things that happen there, but we'll, we'll stick with the actual baptism uh, theme this morning. But, but here, here Jesus himself comes in and he says, uh, in fact, if we want to go to verse 13, we'll just finish off this text. Oh, sorry, yeah, then Jesus came from Galilee in the Jordan to be baptised by John. Next one, sorry, it's about 15 or 16. Um, that's where he says, yeah, but, uh, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and, and, uh, and why do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so, it's proper for then, it is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness, then, he, then John consented. Is that the last one? Yep, thanks. All right, so that's, 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 that's what happened. Um, the question we have often is, and I guess sometimes this is where, you know, if you've, if you've been, there's certain different uh, denominations and different religions that actually do this, but if you, you know, if, if you go into that whole infant baptism and, and sprinkling when you're, when you're a child, all that sort of stuff, often that's, that's come around because people believe that if you weren't baptised, you wouldn't go to heaven. And, and, and if the infant, if a child passed away unexpectedly, you know, without being baptised, and, you know, would that kid go to heaven, all that sort of stuff. But really, there's no biblical evidence of that. Uh, and one of the classic examples we can use on that is the actual... Um, when Jesus died on the cross, there were three people that died that day with Jesus, or two others. And one of them actually turned to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, this is while they were hanging on the cross, while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, will you remember me? Don't forget me. And Jesus turned around and said, hey, I'll tell you today, I'll tell you right now, that you'll be with me in heaven as well. You know, that guy, did someone throw a bucket of water at him, you know, just to baptise him on the spot or something, you know? Like, do, we, do you have to be baptised to go to heaven? I don't reckon. That's not what the Bible says. 
Because baptism isn't a... Um, what's the word? Baptism, baptism is not a condition, but it's an indication of what... Uh, of what of what someone what's happening in someone's heart. Jesus and his disciples after they after Jesus was baptized, Jesus and his disciples went around and they began baptizing people. Doesn't Jesus there's no actually record that Jesus baptized, but certainly his disciples, Jesus preached, Jesus talked to the people, and the people were being baptized. Being baptized into the family of God. Being baptized into into actually knowing, you know, knowing who Jesus is and, and basically it's making it public. It's actually making this whole thing uh, and, and putting it into a public forum. Baptism is the public declaration of a new association. Baptism is saying to people, saying to everyone around us that I'm going to be a sold out follower of Jesus. Public, uh, baptism is a personal thing. Um, it's something that we need to make our own decision. You can't be baptised for someone else. It just, it just doesn't make sense. That's not what it's about. Baptism is something that we make our own, for, make a decision on our own. Um, and like I said before, baptism is not a condition of salvation, but an evidence. Baptism doesn't doesn't mean that you're going to get to heaven, but it certainly says it's obvious. It's obvious that you, that's what you want to do. It's obvious. You think about it for a little while, and I know I know some people um, people get baptised for various reasons. Sometimes, like people, I know some people hear it said where they went, "Well, my friends were getting baptised, so I thought I'd get baptised as well." Other people might say, "Well, my friends were getting baptised, so I decided not to get baptised." Or, or you know, there's, there's people have as they go through life, and that's cool. But people have different, I guess, emphasis placed on the reasons why they want to be baptised, when they get baptised, all that sort of stuff. But some people, I guess, and I, and I guess I see this, we see this quite often where, where people become sold out followers of Jesus Christ but it's like, but I, I, I'm not sure that I want to make that step of baptism and, and usually, and I, I guess I'm talking to, to, to a lot of kids uh, here at school and different people and different adults as well but usually a lot of people say, I want to get baptised but I don't think I'm good enough. That's nearly always the number one reason why people don't want to get baptised. not saying it's the only one all that sort of stuff but I don't think I'm good enough. And to that I usually say, well, that's probably perfect. That's probably right when you need to be baptised, when you understand that you are not good enough to get, there, to, get to heaven by yourself, when you understand that, that you, you can't be perfect, you never will be, but you need Jesus Christ. That's when you need baptism. That's when you need to say, God, I'm ready to take on what you have done for me. And I know it can be scary. I know people, there are people who say, oh, I don't want to be baptised because I hate being up in front. I hate going public. You know, I hate standing up the front. Or I hate being the centre of attention. I get that. I understand that. I understand there's many people like that. But I want to share something with you. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to try and make you feel guilty. Okay, I promise you I'm not trying to put the guilts on you or load you up with all that sort of stuff, but I'm just trying to, I guess, point out a little bit of reality. Some people might find it... Um, difficult to be the, the, the person you know in the limelight just for a few moments and be baptised and might think no that's not for me but you think about what Jesus did for us you think about how far out of his way he went in order to help us out think about what he went through in order to save you personally and all of a sudden those excuses 
that you might have are going, oh, I don't know, you know. All of a sudden, compared to what Jesus has done for us, you stack them up. You stack them up and just see what they are. Like I said, I'm not here to try and put guilt on anyone or anything, but that's just that when Jesus actually says, I would love for you to be his disciples, I would love for you to go out and I want you to baptise people. And the act of baptism, not only is it, I guess, a symbol of I'm making a new start, I'm going to do something, I want to, you know, that whole John, repent and turn around. You know, the word repent itself, um, for those who may have never known or have forgotten, the word repent literally means to do a 180 turn and turn around and go in the other direction. That's what repent means. It means I'm travelling in this direction, I've realised it's not right, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back towards God. John says repent, repent, turn to God, turn to God, turn around, go back to God. Okay, so definitely baptism has that connotation of, of turning back towards God and repenting and just saying, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm over with the old ways, I'm going to follow the new, I'm going to just keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. So of course there's that. But the other big part, of, I believe, is, is that association, is that public declaration that, you know what, I am going to prove to everybody that I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if Jesus was alive today and he said, we need to make a public declaration, um, would baptism, would it still be baptism? Would it still be, you know, going down to a, a, a river and, or a body of water and baptising someone? Or, I don't know, would, he, would it be more like you need to put your name in the local paper or put an ad on... T- you know, how do you make it public? That's basically what it is. It's a public declaration. How do I make this thing public? You know, how do I stand up for Jesus because he stood up for me? And that's, I guess, is, is what he has asked. And it's not, not my words, it's not Neil's words, you know, it's not, it's, this is what Jesus said. I'd love for you to go around and find people who are prepared to stand up for me, prepared, uh, prepared to stand up um, and, I guess, in my name, say I'm going to be associated with Jesus Christ. I don't know where you're at. I don't know who is or who isn't baptised. That's not what I'm here for. But if you do, if you're already baptised, if you would, you know, and you know people who aren't, to say, hey, you know what? It's actually, it's more than just, it's more, I guess it's more than just about you. It's about, it's about you and your family of God. It's about, it's your relationship with God and it's about that public declaration. Or if it is you, if you are one person that, you know, if you're someone that hasn't been baptised, don't think you have to be good enough. Don't think that you have to arrive somewhere before you, can, before you can actually take on this baptism. Don't think that you have to be holy enough or, or, you know, or spend three days without sinning or something, something ridiculous, okay? It's about recognising that we can't get there ourselves. It's about understanding that, that Jesus Christ died for us and he says, because I stood up for you, I'd love for you to stand up for me. I'd love for you to say to everybody else around us, around you, all your friends, all your family, all the people in your community, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ and you're not going to stop me. That's what baptism is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for what you did. I want to thank you that you came and died for us. I want to thank you that you gave us the example that even you were baptised just because of the things we just spoke about, the, the association, that you wanted people to be part of this family. Uh, this Christian group, this family, these, these, these people who are happy to broadcast to everyone that, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I just pray that no matter where we're at, uh, maybe there's people here that just really haven't got a, a real strong walk with you today, that's fine, that's great, and I pray that they might just take another step towards you, even if it's not baptism right now. But maybe there's people who are, have, who are like right on the edge of saying, hey, yeah, I, I think I'm nearly ready for that. I think I'll, I want to do that. I pray that they will, and that you will help them make that call. 
uh, in the very near future. And for those other people who have been baptised, we heard their stories right at the front, at right, right the front of this program, the start of this talk. Um, praise, praise all, praise be to you, God, for those people and their stories. And may they continue their walk closely uh, with you. And may they encourage others. May they be the disciples. You know, they are the disciples. They have been baptised. Now it's their role. Now it's their turn. Now it's their um, their role, I guess, to to go and help others to see this and see how great and important and, and what a blessing this can be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Hope you don't get too wet.